Hello and welcome to the X-Files Revisited. I'm your host, Graham Davidson, and with me as always is Brian Lomax. Join us as we systematically work our way through the full X-Files franchise. In each episode, we will tackle a single episode of the X-Files. So join along, watch with us as we discuss each and every detail on the X-Files Revisited. Hello and welcome back to the X-Files Revisited. We are on to episode 17 of season 5 already, which I think we've already discussed this, Brian, as the best season of the X-Files thus far. Oh yeah, easy, I think, far and away. Like, these there's, there's last few could be crap and I'm, I'm not sure it would change <laughs> anything, no, to be honest. It um, so, yeah. Uh, but All Souls. Now, <laughs> I going into this one, man. I, I, I'd kind of I couldn't remember anything except that picture you can see behind us there. I was like, yeah, I remember the girl, uh, kind of with the eyes burnt out. Couldn't remember anything else except as soon as I started watching it. As soon as I started <laughs> watching this, it all came flooding back, and I was like, okay, the four-headed thing, yeah. Um, and then and then I went, oh. Graham's going to hate this one. (laughs) I don't know what it is. Anything with, like, see if it's got, like, a thematic that leads into a religious aspect. Fine. See when it's based solely on religion. I am like, kill me. Kill me now. Please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, not to get ahead of myself, but this this episode, it did last for five hours, didn't it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This was the feature-length one, right? Um, Yeah. I would say watching this this time around, and, and probably even back when I used to constantly, to be honest, the closest relation I would say that this episode has would be Revelation or Revelations, which was the the one with the Hills Have Eyes dude in it. Yeah, where it was, yeah, there was like a preacher and Michael a lot of fight. Yeah, they, and they were fighting. It was like heaven and hell fighting over this mm. boy. Well, this is pretty much that. Again, hmm. except rather than heaven and hell fighting over a boy, heaven and hell fighting over four girls. Um, so yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, I can't, can't wait to hear what you say. I, I've got some thoughts, I've definitely got some thoughts, okay. but at least one of us does. <laughs> at least, anywho, shall we play our guessing game? Yes. Where do you think this ranks currently amongst the 217 episodes on IMDb? No. Which I will say, I, I went through again today. <laughs> right, um, okay. <laughs> just because I thought, because I, I, I wrote down the ranking ages ago, and I've kind of just stuck to that. And, and since spotting the fact that Bad Blood jumped up to the number one spot past Clyde Brookman, I thought, you know what, I, be, I better... I better keep this a weekly thing rather than relying on that mm. list. I'll, I'll check before we record each. Um, and as I was going through it, loads of episodes were jumping out at me. I was like, that should not be that high. <laughs> that should not be that high. And then like, as we're getting down, I, I'm like, that should not be that low. Mm-hmm. That should not. So yeah, I, I just, there, there are, there are a few crimes against the X-Files. Uh, from fans on IMDb, I would say. But w- with that said, where would you think this ranks on IMDb? 
Ooh, okay. Um, I was, was going to ask. I was going to ask you then. Actually, where do you think this should rank versus where does it? Where do you think it actually rank? <laughs> well, do you know what? I, I want to talk about it to figure out where my ranking really lands on this one. Yeah. yeah but yeah. where I think it lands on the IMDb, I'm going to go one fifty-seven. Ooh, close. It's one hundred and fifty-three. Wow. So, yeah. Pretty close, yeah. pretty close. Mm. Okay, all right then. So thank you for joining us on yeah. the <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, right. So Father McHugh, we start this episode with Father McHugh, a character that they they seem quite intent on bringing back a fair bit yes. through, throughout this season, which I do appreciate because it feeds into a lot of the themes, the, the character arc of Scully throughout this season um we asked the question that we always ask when we get a reoccurring character uh, uh what was the question go on remind i i do not remember him oh, oh, serious you don't remember this guy dude no. man like you seriously need to get <laughs> you've got an issue going on now i sit and make notes on all these episodes mm -hmm. blank not until you said it right there. Oh, man alive. So this is the guy, this is the father, the priest mm. that appeared in the three-parter that opened the yep. season. He's the one that, you know, was Scully's priest. Mm. Her mum got him to show up on the, was it either Christmas dinner or Thanksgiving dinner or whatever, and yep. she kind of got blindsided by it. And then that's what kind of sparked her... Um, journey into looking more for her faith and at the end of that three-parter she invited father McHugh into the hospital to pray with her and that was kind of like the completion of that mini arc across that three-parter and then later in the christmas carol and emily two-parter once again he popped up uh just to kind of remind us that yes scully is this season she's dealing with her faith she's kind of drawing closer to her faith closer to god going back to you know the faith she had as a child so yeah, yeah. so this is that guy he's back again yeah. <laughs> and, made a huge yeah. impact uh, and he's yeah back. he he may as well be wearing a blonde wig frankly. Who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, and if you're new to this show you really do need to watch our previous episodes to have a clue what that reference was about mm. but um yeah so <clears throat> Father McHugh, <laughs> we've not even got past the first scene yet. <laughs> Father McHugh arrives at a family's house to perform a baptism on this disabled girl. I can't remember mm. the names of her condition because it's those unpronounceable things that only doctors can pronounce. Uh, but she's, she, yeah, she's born with six fingers. Um, she's, she's obviously issues. Mm. Um, <laughs> I'm sure that's the official, officially politically correct terminology for it. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, so, so, so this girl can't walk. Uh, mm -hmm. She looks like she, you know, she really needs taking care of. Yeah. And then once she's been baptized, her father, sleep at night, hears a noise, wakes up, looks out the window and sees his daughter walking down the mm -hmm. street. He goes out into the rain to see what on earth's going on. He sees someone, a shadowy figure that she then kneels before. There is a bright light. And when the bright light is gone, the shadowy figure is gone. And all mm. that is left is his daughter 
with her eyes burnt out, as you can see, kind of, in the picture behind us. Mm. Um, yeah, thoughts on that as an opening. It, it, a couple of thoughts. You know, I, I really kind of like the idea of the city baptism and then the daughter being up and walking about. Like, I, mm. I, I thought, well, this could be a, a, an interesting angle to go, you know, almost as if, uh, you know, the, taking on the Lord being baptised this kind of like cured her almost and I thought this could be an interesting angle uh, only to see like the man in black burn her eyes out and I was like oh, oh. a little bit disappointed <laughs> <laughs> it, it was quite a cinematic opening, I, I really liked it, kind of creepy as well you know Just, mm. yeah, yeah. It, was, it was interesting it was and, and this the point it's hooked you at this point. All right. Yeah. yeah. It's it, the fact that she's on her knees as well in, in like a prayerful kind of, mm -hmm. yeah. It's like, what, what's going on here? So we go from there to Scully going to confession. And she starts talking and she says, we're in, we're in maudlin Scully territory here. Yeah. We're in this. This is, yeah. Hashtag not my Scully. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, I could just quickly say what I dislike about this sequence is it goes on the entire episode. Yeah. Where they keep they, they play out a scene and then they'll have a direct comment commenting on that sequence and, and what it's supposed yeah. to mean. And it's like it, it feels like storytelling hand holding all the way through it. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't it's yeah. just it, it doesn't give you a chance for the thematics to kind of sink in for you to pull out the story yourself. It's, that's it is, my biggest I, I, yeah i don't want to say it but it, it's preaching <laughs> like it really yes. is yeah 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 it's it's my biggest takeaway from this with regards to the negatives is i feel like it's exposition i mean i mean the fact that I, I, and they're relying on something that they did in revelations mm -hmm. like you go back to revelations and and they had the confessional stuff with scully in that but it wasn't all the way through yeah. Um, and and when she did do the confessional scene, it was right near the end. And I thought, I mean, I know you weren't that big on that episode, but I thought that scene had power mm -hmm. because it kind of wrapped up where Scully was at in that moment, rather than constantly going back to it yeah. and saying, "This was how I was feeling." Well, mm -hmm. yeah, we we see how you were feeling because we've just <laughs> seen the scene. <laughs> we don't now need to come back and have you hit the nail on the head and, and tell us what your what your inner feelings were at that time. Yeah. Any what any fan of the show, like you, you see that sequence where she, you know, because they do a flashback here. She goes, Father McHugh basically entices her into this case, and he out and out says, "Look, I think you'd be the best person to deal with this family because mm. you understand their loss." Now, he doesn't need to say much more than that for us to go, oh, yeah, she's recently just lost a daughter. Mm. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which we had, we had no emotional attachment to. So it was spelled out there. We don't need that stuff in the confessional. So, like, yeah, yeah, totally agree with you. Every time we go back to the confessional, it just it feels like nothing more than an exercise in allowing Gillian Anderson to act, but because mm. she's giving us maudlin Scully, depressed Scully, mm. it, again, not my, it's not the Scully I want to see. Um, and all the way through this episode, yeah. we'll get, we'll get to something later with, with Mulder. I'm going to, I'm going to say something up front that my suspicions are that this is because it's down to who's written. Now, 
so this one's written by Frank Spotnitz, and mm-hmm. um, I think it was John Shyban. I could be I could be wrong on that one, but there's there's two writers on this one. It's not Chris Carter, right? Mm. And, and now I know I've been down on Chris Carter in the past. You know, like particularly when he tries to end Darren Morgan. Chris Carter isn't so good at doing the Darren Morgan episode. Yeah. What he is good at doing, uh, or was good at doing for the first five seasons until the show went on for way too long is mythology episodes mm-hmm. he's very good at doing them you know go, again go back to that three part yep. you know we, we love that we pretty much gave it five stars across the board he's great at the mythology stuff and mm-hmm. i personally think he's good at dealing with issues of faith um mm-hmm. because he has a faith himself he is equipped to kind of see things from a faith perspective and i personally think Oftentimes, and you know, we, we yeah. discussed episodes where he'll <clears> bring something up that for me is an issue of faith, but mm-hmm. for you has just, just gone over your head. Where it's like, oh yeah, yeah, I didn't I didn't really come at it from that angle. I came at it from this angle. And for me, mm-hmm. that's that's good writing because yeah. it should hit you that way. It should hit you in a way that a person of faith is going to take something from it. But someone who doesn't have a faith isn't going to feel like they're being punched in the face with a Bible. Yeah. Um, so I do think Carter is good at those kind of episodes for the most part. Yeah. Now, Frank Spotnitz isn't a person of faith. He's an atheist. Uh, he often had battles with Chris Carter uh, on on the, you know, it, I've said this before, you go on the behind the scenes stuff on the second movie and... Yeah. You know, they both wrote that movie together and it was essentially a tug of war. Chris Carter mm-hmm. wanted to discuss matters of faith. Frank Spotnitz said, yeah, I'm not interested in that at all and, and tried to rein that in. And I think when the two of them go at it together on a script line, it can work pretty well because mm-hmm. you're having two competing voices that allow for two sides of the argument to get into the episode. Makes it more thought provoking. Um, here, there are there are moments in the episode where Scully shows real signs of weakness from the standpoint of someone with 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 a faith perspective like there are times in this when she just lets Mulder roll all over her and i just again i don't like it i don't like seeing scully be this weak be we've seen her challenge Mulder with things you know like really go for him, where it, like even when she's got no case in which to do so, she still manages to to throw an argument in with confidence. And we mm. don't get that here. So I'm, I'm real, yeah. I, sorry, but I just I've gone I've gone off on one. <laughs> Talk about a tangent, um, but yeah. So she goes to see this family. Uh, she brings up the family brings up a lot of memories of Emily. All those memories, you know. Mm. <laughs> Both of them. them. Meeting her, saying goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Again, that's the other thing about this is that every time we go to that confessional and we see Scully being this maudlin kind of like like carrying this huge weight of having lost this child, all I can think of is no one cares about your child, Scully. (laughs) Like it was a non-event. It's like mm-hmm. she 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 barely registered because, mm-hmm. like Graham said, you met her, then you said goodbye. It's like, yeah. give me a break. Um, so Scully visits the coroner who speaks as though it's biblical. So you've got this coroner that is like, you know, t- traditionally in TV shows, coroners are just like very 
dogmatic science just kind of oh, like, yeah, they're always eating a sandwich over a dead body aren't they yeah. <laughs> <laughs> always talking to the corpses and stuff yeah what are you going to show me what are you going to show me <laughs> yeah. get a grip um but no this this one's like she's she's so staggered by what she's seeing that she's like actually this is taking me back to my early days at sunday school and, and she's kind of like this mm. may be a, a matter for someone you know who, who has a faith position so yeah mm. um the priest father gregory this is, this is his introduction um yeah. so, so we get introduced to this priest father gregory who has an upside down cross in his car kind of dangling from his, his mirror, which you know is a real sign of <laughs> yeah. yeah someone you can trust hundred <laughs> percent mm, yeah uh so uh he, he stops he, he goes into this like orphanage that looks more like a, an asylum quite frankly um and he's there to pick up this girl that just happens to look exactly like emily perkins so this is emily perkins one of the Jim, ginger snaps twins or ginger mm. snaps sisters i should say um like i said last emily episode, perkins is it Emily Perkins, yeah. So we've we've had Isabella, Catherine Isabella, in a previous episode this season, and now we get the other. That was another farmstormer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to put a poll up at the end of this. Which Ginger Snaps sister has the better X Files episode? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a toughie. It's a real toughie. Okay, so um, yeah, it's, so he's there to pick up this girl. Because yeah. uh, he wants to adopt her, but this th this guy who works for the adoption agency, Adam Starkey, an actor that I can never remember the name of, but he's been in everything. He's like he's been in West Wing, he's been in Transformers. Yeah. You see him cropping up everywhere. He's always like a government agent <laughs> or a soldier or something. <laughs> like always. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was a government agent in West Wing, actually. Um, so yeah. <laughs> He shows up. This Adam Stark. He's like, oh, there's, a, there's been a whole mix-up. I've taken over the case, so now I need I need other paperwork. And mm -hmm. right off the bat, this guy screams, "Dodge!" <laughs> it's because you've seen him in everything. It's like, you know, it's not just a bit part. Like he's here for a reason. Come yeah, on. but the thing is, normally in in most things I've seen him in, he is a good guy. He does play. Yeah. He does often play that protective. Kind of, this is a guy who, in in outside of his acting um stuff that he does he's a motivational speaker that's what he does for as a secondary yeah. job to his acting you know this, this is a guy who you feel like you should be able to trust him but it's really the camera work it's again it's the heavy-handed direction but it, so, it does again the role reversal here of the the dodgy <clears throat> untrustworthy priest <clears throat> and the good uh, bureaucrat who's trying to yeah. do his job by the books so yeah really the other way around yeah, yeah. thing. yeah absolutely so it's, so it's like um if they just had the conversation that they have and then they cut away as soon as the priest storms off, it'd be fine. But after the priest has stormed off, we turn back to Adam Starkey and the camera starts to come in to him and he looks down yeah, he the does. corridor like, yeah. And it's like, bad guy. <laughs> instantly, <laughs> instantly like, bad guy. It's like mm -hmm. you've just spelled it out to us through your camera work, through your heavy-handed mm -hmm. camera work. It's ridiculous. Um, but uh, But yeah. Right off the bat, I'm getting Revelations vibes. Um, but do you know, do you know the good thing about this character? What? Every time he turned up in this episode, I couldn't remember what part he played earlier on in the episode, <laughs> so I kept getting them mixed up. 
<laughs> so this is the first time this has happened to me where I recognised the actor, but I couldn't remember what his name was, his character, or what he did within this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so every time he turned up, I had no idea what he was there for. Mm. That was so, <laughs> Scurry, again, more heavy-handedness. Scully's at her desk. She looks at a picture of Emily. She pulls it out all like... Mm. Ooh, with both hands, then she's like, oh, you know, just to hammer home that point that she's now thinking of Emily. Mm -hmm. Mulder returns at the like, best part of the entire episode. Okay. Yes. M <laughs> Where he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Mulder's like getting back to Scully. Obviously, Scully's mm. called him at some point. So he's, he's returning her call. He's just left he's like, the detail. Yeah, he's like, you're going to have to be quick, Scully. I'm I'm, I'm left the tail. I'm, I'm, I'm working a tail at the moment. So, so she says, look, you know, can, can you look into this this girl's adoption for me? Just like, but mm. keep it on the down low because this is kind of an off the books kind of thing. And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure. Hangs up the phone, runs back into where he came from. And it's a cinema with clearly a porn movie being it's shown. It's a porno theatre. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like, I feel like it's, it's wholly intentional because there is all these things throughout it where you're pretty sure he's just sitting watching porn in the triple X files uh, down in the dungeon. Oh, man. But it, the thing is with Mulder, whenever these porn things kind of crop up, it's always on that thing where it's like, it's not inconceivable. <laughs> yes. That he is actually on a tail. It's not. <laughs> but, you know... I, I, I can imagine like cutting to another scene where the bad guy leaves and Mulder is genuinely following someone. It just so happened they were. I mean, I would love to have seen that scene where the bad guy's like, he's on the phone, like, I'm, I'm going to meet somebody. I just need to kill two hours and like, walk by a theater. I'm just going, like, all right, I'll just pop in here. Oh, man. <laughs> so the, the orphanage girl is killed by seemingly the same force that killed her sister, her twin yeah. sister. At the beginning, uh, again, once again in the prayer kind of mm -hmm. stance, uh, Mulder arrives at the scene of the crime with the adoption info, kind of giving Scully a bit of sass because it's like, ah, he kept a few details out, didn't you? He's looking a bit x filey this case, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> She's all like, you're holding out me, Scully. It's just, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, look, it's not like that. I was brought in by my priest. I'm just, I'm here for favours. It's getting a bit out of hand. Um, I'd have loved it if he went, yeah, sure. And I go to porn <laughs> theatres. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. So he reckons they're looking for a religious nut job. Mm. When Starkey arrives. Is there any other <laughs> kind in TV or, or movies? <laughs> really not, is No. It's not. If you're religious in a movie, you're, you're either a nut job or you're a Ned Flanders. And the only yeah. time you're not one of them things and you're a Christian is if you're in a Christian movie um, yes. <laughs> or something made by Mel Gibson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, it, it just I don't like Mulder in this episode as well, okay? Yeah. Like, I feel like Mulder in this episode is um, Frank Spotnitz's soapbox. Yeah. I feel like Frank Spotnitz is using Mulder in this episode to put forward his opinion that all the God stuff is nonsense. Um, He's very antagonistic in this one. And it's all, it's not yeah. like it's angry antagonistic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just really unnecessary. It's, 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 it's so like talking down to Scully yeah. all the time. Um, mm -hmm. Like 
he knows he knows she's a person of faith and it's like even if he doesn't believe this stuff mm. i feel like he would be more sensitive to her as a result well, in her current of... state as well mm. you know yeah she, she loved she lost that kid that she loved for two days and then <laughs> she's like toiling with the idea of it and stuff he could be a bit more sympathetic but i think they paint it as almost like a panto villain because later on in the episode, he's got like a black leather jacket and a black roll neck on, and it's like something you've never seen him wear before. <laughs> I just, I just, I thought it was funny. I just feel like if if Chris Carter had been a bit more involved, because it's also worth mentioning uh, during this time, Chris Carter had stepped away from the X Files quite a bit because he mm. was knee deep in Millennium. Yeah. So he had he had both X Files and Millennium going on at the same time, whilst prepping or helping to prep the movie, yeah, and get and shoot the movie. And so, so so he he so the show was kind of in the hands really of the other showrunners, which you know Frank Spotnitz being one of them. And I, I feel like if Chris Carter had had a bit more hands on on this episode uh, from the writing standpoint, this wouldn't be so one sided. Mm -hmm. This wouldn't be like. Mulder walking all over Scully and Scully going, oh, oh okay, yeah. yeah. Right. And that's what it feels like. That's not Scully to me, and that's not Mulder to me. This is a writer taking his opportunity while the cat's away to essentially yeah. poo-poo something that hasn't been poo-pooed that much before. So, mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, uh, yeah, Mulder thinks it's all a nut job. They go to the crazy church. Uh, mm -hmm. so this, this pastor, this Gregory, mm -hmm. father Gregory, <coughs> basically he, he, he used to be part of the Catholic church, but he broke away from the Catholic church to start his own, which always, always sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, Can I yeah. offer you a glass of Kool-Aid? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not, not the biggest fan of the Catholic church myself, but you know, I, I, I I think when 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 people start stepping away from it to set up their own churches, yeah, if you're, you're setting up your own, yes. <laughs> you're in really dodgy territory. It's like I pick, I believe they call that pick and mix religion. I'm going to pick and choose the bits I want and uh, neglect all the bits I don't want. So mm. okay, so they go to see him, they interview him, and he's full on like you know he, he says twitchy. the adoption. He's twitchy. yeah, very twitchy. He's like, yeah, he's like literally like sometimes so. He says the adoption was to protect the girl from spiritual forces, mm. which, you know, admittedly makes him look like a nut job and pretty much confirms Mulder's suspicions. He's he's basically goading the guy right off the bat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so back to the confessional, which, you know, yeah. we, we needed God, to go yeah, back there. Yeah. Scully thinks Father Gregory was speaking in words that only she could understand. In other words, Rubbish. she's dealing with her. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. In other words, she's dealing with her faith. Yeah. You know this. This has been Scully's journey across season five. Is she's getting closer to her faith. Mulder has kind of been distancing himself from his. That's 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 been you know, and I've liked that. I've liked that exploration. But I feel at mm. this point here, yeah. We we don't need Scully to tell us this because it's it's implied by the fact that she's gonna go along, or, you know, with the investigation, with 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 investigating it from Father Gregory's kind of point of view. I don't think we need to be told it. I think we need to be shown it. 
And the best way to show us that is by having Mulder and Scully talk it out and not just have Mulder walking all over her. Mm -hmm. Literally have Scully come back with some answers that shows us that she's thinking differently, that she's on a different page, and accept that that's okay. It's okay to show someone not being on board with religion. It's okay to show someone being on board with religion, and it's okay to show two people going at it like that. Mm -hmm. I have no problems with that. That's 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 a good way to spark dialogue. This isn't dialogue. This is well, we're going to show them all the poo-poo in it, Show Scully being weak and not having the courage to stand up for her faith, and then later go into a confessional and tell us all the things that we should have been seeing play yeah. out between these characters. So Mulder dismisses religion once again because they go yep. outside, they have this conversation, and this is what I'm talking about. He just steamrolls through. Scully doesn't put up any argument whatsoever. Um she just goes from there to the autopsy. So she goes to yeah. autopsy, this, this, the second girl, and she finds what appear to be like bony yeah. protrusions Lumped. coming out the top yeah. of the shoulders. Yeah. You know, like something that maybe wings might be attached to. Yeah. Uh, and then she sees visions of Emily, which kind of really freaks her out and kind of she gets all mm. emotional and. <clears throat> Yeah, the most I think the most surprising thing about this sequence was that I actually knew who Emily was. Um, <laughs> so that was that was interesting. Um, I still didn't I hear. <laughs> oh well, <laughs> I still didn't care. You know. uh, <laughs> sometimes a bad episode is the best episode. Can be. <laughs> okay, so. Mulder has found another girl with Starkey. Um, they've basically done some more digging, found this other girl. Uh, but when they get to where this girl was last seen, which looks like one of the slums that <laughs> from, I kind of, really kind of expected. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I've lost it. It's going. Yep. I'm expecting a I'm expecting a vagrant to come out with a hand-drawn picture yeah. of this six-fingered girl that he's seen. <laughs> and wondering like, I'm taking that. That's going next to my Neanderthal man, which I've drew breasts on. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone interested why we're laughing so much, that's a callback to season one. I think it's episode four, Brian, isn't it? Oh, Anthony Skid Row Alley. Not four, no, but episode four was Conduit. Yeah, Jersey Devil. Jersey Devil. Yeah, episode four was Conduit. But uh, yeah, so <laughs> so they go <laughs> they go to this alley. <laughs> yeah, and they, they 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 disappear into this kind of what looks like an abandoned building, and. She's there. She's roaming around. The, the 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 shadowy figure shows up once again, takes her eyes, <laughs> and then uh, Mulder shows up. As does Father Gregory. So yeah. Mulder puts a gun in his face. He's all like, you know, where is she? Where is she? <laughs> um, and Father Gregory's like, I came to protect her. She's in there. She's she's dead. And yeah, yeah. So Mulder goes in, finds her. And it's like, right, okay, whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh man so uh, I, I, I do like 
I do like there's one moment in that sequence that I think is quite I, I like it a lot. It's silly. And Mulder pulls the gun on the, the priest and says, yeah. Move into the light. Right. Like I, I, I just thought that tickled me like <laughs> so much. <laughs> We're just telling a priest to go towards the light almost. You know? <laughs> I don't know why? I just thought it was so funny. <laughs> so Gregory is at the station. Mulder mocks him for praying again. You know, it's just it's yeah. just constant mockery from Mulder. Anything yeah. of a religious kind of note in this episode, Mulder's just there to mock it. But uh, so yeah, he's at the station. Mulder's mocking him for praying. Uh, he, he points out the upside down cross. Mm. And that's when Gregory looks to Scully and says, "Tell him, tell him what it means." It's you know, like because 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 Mulder's like that's it's like a sacrilegious thing, and he's like, "No, actually, it's not." So there's a story about Saint Peter who was you know was crucified, and uh, the, the legend is that he demanded to be crucified upside down as a mark of like respect to Christ because he refused to be crucified in the same way as Christ. Like how much of that is actual, you know? I, it ain't in scripture, so I, I take that with a, a huge pinch of salt. Thank you very much. Uh, as with much of the uh, <laughs> the stuff that comes up later in this episode, but um, yeah. So Gregory tells Scully to let him go so he can protect the fourth girl. Uh, the devil is after her, he says, and we mm. can see from Scully's kind of reaction, her body language. There's, there's something about her that's like I might believe this guy. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, rather than just going off that, let's go back to the confessional where Scully yeah. says she believed this guy. <laughs> That's the it's only like... thing that's said there, and then it just moves on. It's, it's like a character she... commentary mm-hmm. of an episode. Yeah, she stands in the doorway, she takes an inordinately long time looking at him, which tells us she's doubting here, she's mm. not just flat out believing. Even he's the bad yeah. guy, she doesn't know which way to go. She doesn't know whether to follow Mulder or stay with him. Um, so yeah, as if we, you know, as if that nuance wasn't enough. Yeah. Back to the confessional, she says that she believed him. Uh Mulder finds info on the fourth girl. Scully tells him about her vision of Emily, and he says she's losing objectivity and should step away. It almost feels like he's he's questioning. He never says that, or maybe I'm reading too much into it. It's like, uh, what is a, a vision but a hallucination by any other means mm. type thing? It's, it's, yeah. You know, you're not in the right frame of mind. Mm-hmm. Mild psychosis, influence, yeah. whatever you want to say. It's just that, yeah, again, it's just yeah. naysaying. But it's almost, it's almost, this, this part feels a little bit almost like gaslighting. Yeah, yeah, patronising. The way yeah. he puts his hand on on the shoulder, and yeah, it just it it yeah, it just doesn't. This isn't Mulder and Scully to me. Um, mm-hmm. Starkey kills Gregory after telling him that the three girls were taken from him. So Starkey was after the three girls to kill them, or, well, to take them for the devil, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But somebody got there before him, and we now know that that somebody was not. Gregory, because Gregory gets killed without being able yeah. to defend himself. Mm-hmm. So Mulder goes to the fourth girl's house where mm-hmm. the father, it seems, has sold her to Father <laughs> Gregory. Yeah. Father so, of the year, folks. Oh, <laughs> yes. So so this is a guy who got 
accused of abusing his daughter. He's, so he's on record as having abused or being accused of abusing his daughter several times mm. in the past. Uh, but, you know, social services, they like to keep on top of these things. Uh, he's, he's sold her. <laughs> so basically, he's, he's, he's pretending that he's still looking after her. Looking yeah. after her. He's still got all the stuff down in the Harry Potter basement kind of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, but actually, what he's doing is claiming the checks, the social service checks, whilst Father Gregory was actually the one looking yeah. after her. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Give this man a prize. <clears throat> Scully sees a four-headed man, a seraphim, if you mm. will. Now, this is this is where we start getting into heretical territory and whatnot with regards to right. okay. biblical interpretation. So and also my fakes. God, that's so bad. <laughs> 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 no, no, I don't know about you, <laughs> but later. <laughs> Go on, get it right. So later, when uh, Scully goes to the goes back to Father McHugh, she's describing what she's seen, and Father yes. McHugh goes, "Ooh!" And he goes to his box, his dusty box. He pulls one off the shelf, and he goes. Mm -hmm. Is that what you saw? And, she's and I'm like, looking at it going, and I'm looking at no, that's nothing like what you saw. No. I literally had to to pause it and freeze frame yeah. it and go like, where's he coming from? Where's he going? Yeah. And I'm looking at it, and it's only when you pause it and you look at it for a good long while that you're like, oh yeah, I get it. It's like a, no. there's an eagle head. What, on that what side. Scully saw was something so, from a PS one game. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, it was horrendous. <laughs> Now, that, oh, that did look like a hallucination. Do you know what? Like, <laughs> that wasn't a divine image at all. Okay, so so this thing, uh, according to Father McHugh, uh, who, who doesn't believe that Scully actually saw this, he thinks that she's having a bit of a mental break due to things in the case, reminding of being too close to home, basically. Uh, so, yeah, I, I love how a, a priest... <laughs> Doesn't does it? It reminds me of um, oh, what's it called? The, the haunted house film. Oh man, uh, Amateurville Horror, mm. where where the, the the priest he he goes to the church and he tells them, I've seen stuff, I've heard stuff in this house. There's something spiritual going on here, and mm -hmm. literally these these head priests, these higher ups, they're like that stuff doesn't happen. It's just that's <laughs> yeah. just. Old biblical tales, they don't happen. That is like everything. Yeah. <laughs> These are priests. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well done. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, where, where are we? Uh, yeah. So, Father McHugh says, well, if, if, if you go off a legend, uh, what it sounds like she's describing is a seraphim, uh, which has four heads the head of a, a, a an eagle, a lion, uh, a man, a, and a bull. A bull, is that a bull? bull or something. Yeah, a bull or something. <laughs> I didn't see a bull in yeah, any I mean, of it's a wooden bull. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so in the Bible, the actual Bible, the one that's taken as canon in pretty much any Christian denomination, uh, seraphim are mentioned. The Nephilim mm. are mentioned. Now, there ain't a right lot to go on in the Bible mm -hmm. with regards to descriptions we know that the nephilim were giants and that's pretty much all we're given uh, and and that they were the the inference is that they are the result of a union 
between an angel between angels and human women. So that's it. That's okay. all we're given. That's all we're given in the Bible. But obviously, that's enough to for some people to just make loads of stuff there. Oh, yeah. So, uh, like, so now, Father McHugh... And this, and this, like, Bible multiverse part that's going on here. <laughs> they kind of show, like, the, the four girls as well, don't they? Like, a picture of that. Yes. So, like, now I've not read any of the Apocrypha. Now, for those who don't know what the Apocrypha is, is um, certain books that... When the when when the early church was putting the Bible to get together and deciding which books remained in the Bible and which didn't, the ones that didn't that you know that were they were decided no they're not going to be part of the Bible. Some churches went on to say no we're we're going to we're going to still keep them, but they're whether they're considered what what's called apocryphal, um, and that's because they didn't meet certain criteria in order to be included, such as the date of the person that would have written it and their closeness to Jesus and all this kind of stuff. And so, so on and so forth. Uh, but now Father McHugh mentions that these things, that the seraphim and the, the girls and the, and the, and the, the four Nephilim, uh, that they're in the Apocrypha. Now I can't tell you if that's true because I've never read any of the Apocrypha. No desire to, uh, I, I just, there you go. That's where the, the mythology of this episode is it's kind of sinking its teeth. Okay. Right. Um, and and the, the whole point there being that these four girls that are getting taken out by what we now can only assume is an angelic force, mm. um, a seraphim, it, basically. Yeah, been taken back to heaven. Yeah. While a demon's chasing them. Yeah. Presumably this is, this is the father of these children. Uh, a, a seraphim fathered these kids and has now come back to reclaim them. And they are these kids are, are actually Nephilim, um, which kind of goes against the description in the Bible that, that, that they're giants, because they don't want mm. that giant to me. But whatever, yeah. moving on. Mm -hmm. Starkey says that the fourth girl is at Gregory's church. Uh, they go to get her. That That is, he and Scully go to get her. Um, Scully goes inside, but Starkey does not enter so clearly this guy doesn't like to be on um hallowed ground i don't know if i don't, I don't know how hallowed this ground could be given <laughs> how heretical this priest <coughs> has been i don't know it, it's all very confused very muddled yeah. very muddy um scully sees his shadow the starkish shadow it seems to kind of it looks like it's got horns so yeah that which i think is one of the best images in this episode i like that a lot like the play yeah. of shadows yeah it's a bit more a bit more subtle uh mm. to some of the stuff that's happening here um, and doesn't all, all it needed it just needed a quick cut back to the confessional going i didn't trust him i felt there was something <laughs> <kind of> devilish. <laughs> <laughs> oh man it's so true so true mm. oh good grief so she tries to save the girl but the girl kind of changes into Emily, so Emily appears as a vision and te essentially telling Scully to let me go. So it's 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 this kind of really heavy-handed thing where it's like you're not just letting this girl go yeah. so that the angel, the, the seraphim, can save her. You've got to let go of me as well. Look mm. at the correlations in this girl's story. You know, mm. th these girls are going back to God, and that's what you've got to let me do. Let go mm. of me because I'm with God. That's you know I now don't get me wrong. Any anyone who's been following this podcast knows 
I'm a person of faith, knows yeah. that actually that particular element is something that I'm all on board with. I think that's a that's a really great story element, a really great thing to kind of to look at. This is not the way to do it. This episode is has bungled the good things that, that they've been trying to do. So And this was the this was the point where I was actually talking at the screen. You know, maybe <laughs> you're just like you're not you're not engaged. So you're just yeah. kind of like playing along and she's like, let me go. And I'm sitting there going, You barely knew me. <laughs> Please oh, let her go. <laughs> yeah. Never have her back again. <laughs> so we're in the confessional for the final scene. Thank God. Scully, yeah, Scully cannot reconcile God allowing the girl to die whilst simultaneously sending her, sending Scully to protect her. Um, so it's yes, it's kind of like why send me to protect these girls if he's just going to take them and kill them anyway? Um, but then perhaps letting go of those we love is precisely what faith is. Meaning that if you can believe that someone has gone to a better place, that's in and of itself is a faith mm. that helps you to move on. So that stuff, those elements of, of that final confessional scene and the, the, the scene with the vision of Emily, I like in mm. principle, don't like in execution. Um, so, yeah, uh, that that's the episode. Please yeah. go ahead and wrap up. Okay, just to finish off on what you're saying there, with the whole story and the thematics, it feels like they're trying to hammer home attack with a sledgehammer. You know, they just everything is just so heavy-handed and so preachy, which is, is not a joke, but it just it feels very preachy. <clears throat> I, I I like elements of this, and I think the story's fairly decent in parts, and I feel like the thematic could be strong, but they're so eager to hold your hand all the way through this episode that it becomes patronising and rather dull at moments. Mulder is not Mulder in this one. He is a complete arse, which he, he can be in moments. But, but, she, but it's time, usually in a funny way, though. Yeah, whereas this time it feels like a, a nasty arrogance, mm. you know, not a playful one at certain times. Yeah. But And then Skilly's moaning and crying all the way through this. And yeah. it's just not like, where's that inner strength that she has? And the moments of where she has faith, you still feel as if there's a kind of strength and power behind that. And she does kind of rationalise things a bit better. And I feel bad because, like, like I said at the start, religious episodes are not really something that I gravitate towards. <laughs> I, I don't... But this one <coughs> feels, like, completely egregious in almost every way. Like, yeah, if there's a good story or it allows me mm -hmm. to uncover the themes myself, I can live with it. This, this one doesn't do it. Um, for me, my my scores went down talking about it. Um, yeah. So I, I was higher than this. I'm going to go for a two and a half on this one. Yeah, I I, I was a bit higher as well. Um, I think I'm going to join you on the two and a half. Um, I wasn't that much higher. I had it at a three. Yeah, I was thinking um, three. Yeah, but I uh, yeah, I'll, I'll knock it down to two and a half. Very tempted to go two, to be honest, given our mm. discussion, but. I just, I do think there is a good story here. I yes. genuinely do. I think this episode has got a lot of really good mythology. Uh, I think it's got a, a lot of really good ideas, mm -hmm. but it's presented in the worst way. Yes. Heavy-handed, one-sided in many ways. Um, yeah, it just 
this could have been a really great opportunity to one explore and two put to bed everything around Emily, everything yeah. around what Scully is feeling, um, and, and 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 bringing us to a place where Scully's at with her faith. Because yes. clearly, by the end of this, she she is more in a more in a faith position. Mm-hmm. It's just that the way it's handled, it feels like it's in a really weak position, um, and and it's just yeah, I, yeah, not very well handled. Two and a half yeah. out of five. Moving swiftly on, tell me a little bit about episode eighteen, the Pine Bluff variant. Right, this is an episode that gets very highly regarded by a lot of X-Files fans. And if I thought the ending of it made sense, (laughs) I would probably be on the same page. Um, But now I I can't remember specifically what the thing is that makes it hard to figure out. Mm -hmm. All I know is every time I go back to the Pine Bluff variant, there are certain scenes in it I remember that are like, pretty badass there's some really good mold stuff in it where okay. um stuff happens and and there's like it's kind of like a semi-mythology episode one of those mythology episodes where if you take it out it has zero effect on the overall mythology um yeah. but it, it does feel kind of like oh yeah yeah it's, it's it's touching on that side of things but there's, there's a certain certain thing like a plot twist or, or explanation or something towards the end where i'm Every time I get to it, I'm like, so what happened? And maybe watching it this time around yes. um, and, and going over it with you, maybe you'll be able to clear it up for me. Mm. Sounds like a fairly solid episode um, and a good discussion to be had on that mm. uh, twist ending kind of thing that you're alluding to, which should be fun. So, yeah, looking forward to that. I hope you enjoyed uh, us going through an episode that wasn't too great for us. But if you preferred it, then let us know in a review or a comments or some other way in the YouTube videos or in the reviews for whichever podcast service you listen to us on, you would be happy to uh, answer any questions or comments that you have. Yeah, we've we, so we've got 10 ratings on Spotify right now. Uh-huh. Um, I, th- I think we can get that up. If, if, you, if you're listening, if, if you're watching this on YouTube, head over to Spotify. Just give us a five-star rating. Really helps. Like, it really, really does. does. Yeah. So, Ten. same with iTunes. Come on, people. Yeah. Come on, do it. If you if you listen, yeah, yeah. you know, we, we we know we get those. We know we get a heck of a lot more people than that actually listening and watching. Uh, yeah. So so if, if if you're one of those people, then then do us a solid. Come mm-hmm. come rate us. And after you've done that, we will join, uh, see us next week for uh, the Pain Bluff at Variant. Thanks for watching, listening. Bye bye. You've been listening to the X-Files Revisited. Please join us next time when we dissect another episode of this classic series. If you like what you've been listening to, please don't forget to click subscribe and also leave a rating and a review. It really does help us to get seen. If you'd like to hear or see more from Graham, please visit Man V Film on YouTube. Likewise, if you'd like to hear or see more from Brian, then please head over to Brian Lomax Movie Talk, also on YouTube. All that's left for us to do is to thank you for listening. And until next time, trust no one.